we meet again at last. The circle is now complete. What's the world coming to? Well, you got a problem with what I did, Anthony? Oh, no. Hey, no. Fucking rat, anyway. So family's all rats. rats. Could have brought to be a rat. Yeah, I'm real sorry your mom blew up, Ricky. Now you're gonna dig the fucking thing. You're gonna dig the hole. You're gonna do it. I got no fucking line. You're gonna fuck this. I think the fucking hole. I don't give a fuck. I realized that what was living behind that boy's eyes was pure and simple. Jesus Christ. Mister, you okay in there? Ah, put some vintage coffee around here someplace. Do you have any idea what the cost of your actions is? What their effect might be? Are you to give them hope? What do you give them? We give them happiness. And they give us authority. What's going on, friends? Logan Myers and Henry Hill here for the Cinefellas podcast back doing episode 60. I know it's been a while, but it's good to have my best mate on the call with us today. How are you doing today, Henry? I'm doing just great, mate. We're fresh off the Oscars. A couple of the movies that we liked won. A couple uh, surprises in there. And a couple political speeches, as every year. Overall, <laughs> we a shitty award telecast. <laughs> yeah. Let's <laughs> go up there. Accept your award, leave the politics out of it, and get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I know. But, I mean, I understand why the celebrities do it. They're, you know, obviously all the people involved in the movie studios and the film industry are, you know, they have their political ties, so they have to kind of mention something, and, you know, so they'll keep getting good roles. I mean, I get it. They're just playing the game. But for everybody watching it, it's exhausting. We're, we want to be entertained, not, like, lectured. <laughs> We don't want right. to think about everyday bullshit. Like, you know, obviously the stuff they're talking about is important a lot of the times, but it's like you guys are just like me and you. You know, you're not any more special. You guys have millions of dollars. You can do more than we can. So donate donate some of your millions to those causes. Don't lecture everybody. Exactly. And make it sound like we're doing something wrong. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, dude. I'm totally with you. I was just thinking about yeah. that the other night. You know, it's like the reason we watch movies is to get away from normal bullshit life working nine to five or third shift for you, you know, like we watch yeah. movies to take us, you know, get us involved in this, this story or this, you know, just beautiful cinematography or great acting or great characters, you know, but we don't yeah. want to hear these actors that are just like us that make a shit ton more money than we do, what they think <laughs> about politics and what's wrong with the world. I'm like, piss off. Yeah. I'm like, you I liked you better when you didn't talk about that shit, you know? Just do what you do. Yeah. Be an actor, accept it, thank everybody that helped you get there and get off the stage, you know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's the last thing everybody wants to hear about. we got to deal with the president that's tweeting every five minutes. we got the other side that hates him. It's a constant fucking battle. I don't even watch the news anymore. Let's just go yeah, to the yeah. movies and forget about that shit for a while. We're fine. We're not blown up. We're not going to World War Three. Everybody take a chill pill. We're going to be fine. Pay attention to your own lives. Take care of your families. Yeah. Let's go to the movies. Let's forget all the bullshit. We're all human. We all need to get along, and uh, the movies are supposed to be the place where we can do that, movies and sports and entertainment in general. So, yeah, enough for, for sure. Not- let's, let's get off a Cinefilla soapbox here. <laughs> Thank you.
Yeah, there's definitely some uh, big surprises at the Oscars. We watched the entire thing and had a pretty good time with it. Um, you know, the big, I guess, the upset for Best Picture was Parasite, which neither of us have seen. Yeah. I, I do want to see it. I don't think it's – I can pretty much guarantee it's not going to be better than Joker, The Irishman, or 1917. But I get why it wins because of it being a cultural thing and it being a foreign film and the first time in history that's won Best Picture. So that's pretty cool. I'll give it a chance, but I just don't think it's going to be as good good as the other movies. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I really want to see it. Um, but like you mentioned, those other films were more, you know, more of a spectacle. There's a lot of more work that went into it as far as the production. Um, so, yeah, I'll, I won't pass judgment on Parasite until I see it. It's just, you know, we're going to be a little more disconnected from that film with it being, you know, all Korean actors. Um and, you know, sort of showing how their day-to-day struggle is. We're not going to be able to relate to that as much as we'll be able to relate to the other films. But like you said, we need to watch it first to pass judgment. But, yeah, it was definitely a surprise. And then he also, the director, also won for Best Director. Bong Joon-ho. And he also did Snowpiercer a couple of years ago with Chris Evans. Oh. It was like uh, into the – it was a futuristic film. One thing I was surprised by was uh, Best Actress, Renee Zellweger and Judy. I'm like, really? Yeah. I mean, Cynthia Revo and Harriet, which I started, never finished, but she's great. She's also great in The Outsider. Yeah, there are other great performances, Shirley Theron, Scarlett Johansson, Marriage Story. I was surprised by that. I haven't seen Judy. It didn't really appeal to me. I don't think she really looked like Judy Garland in the movie at all. <laughs> so I just didn't really interest <laughs> She won Best Actress. So it must be pretty good. Yeah, it kind of came from out of nowhere. There wasn't really any talk. I hadn't heard anybody really mention the performance. I, I shouldn't say anybody. I, I think I was listening to Bill Burr's podcast, and he was talking about having watched it on a plane, and he said that, you know, she's always good um, in the roles. But other than that, like as far as the other award shows, I don't, you know, I don't think she ever won anything. So, yeah, it was a pretty big surprise considering some other some of the other actresses that you mentioned who had really strong uh, performances this year. Yeah, for sure. And then uh, I can never pronounce that one actress's name, but she was in Little Women. Cersei Ronan? Cersei? Cersei. Cersei? Cersei, yeah, and I only I only know that because she was on Conan O'Brien once, and there he, like, clarified how to say her name. Cersei, <laughs> I yeah, guess I was trying to, how you say it. I was trying to say it. I'm like, nope. Can't say it. Let's talk about uh, best actor, Joaquin Phoenix. That that's what we predicted. We knew he was going to win it. It was the best performance by an actor this or last year for sure. You want to talk about that? Yeah, Joaquin's been around for several years now. He's won in the past, I believe. The last time he won, then he won for Johnny Cash. Like he won for yeah. uh, Walk the Line. Um, I think both that year, both him and uh, Reese Witherspoon won for that film, if I remember correctly. So. He's been around. We always love his movies, Inherent Vice, Her, Gladiator, just a list of top-notch performances from this guy. And, yeah, this one was definitely the performance to remember this year and well-deserved Oscar. He fully embraced the craziness, and uh, he portrayed a Joker that we hadn't seen before. It wasn't really comic book related. It was more showing the uh, descent into madness, basically. This guy slowly losing his mind, and then you're – 
the things that are happening on screen, you're not really sure if we're seeing it from his point of view, if they're actually happening or if, you know, uh, or not. So it was just an awesome performance. He, uh, he killed some people in the film. There are some shocking scenes in it. His laugh even had a purpose in this film, which I thought was really interesting related to his, uh, mental, uh, disability in the film. So yeah, and it was Todd Phillips, the director of Hangover. So that was pretty cool to see him, uh, embrace this role and like really shine. This, the Joker movie was also nominated for the best picture. It didn't win, but it was definitely worthy. So, uh, yeah, worthy of the nomination. Yeah, I thought it was well deserved. Joaquin Phoenix, definitely one of my favorite actors. Been watching this guy's career for 20 years plus years. Um, each role, he's like, you know, he dives into that character, you know, being Johnny Cash and Walk the Line or playing Arthur and playing Joker in the brand new film really over the top and crazy and he just dived in this character a completely different person his like complete transformation of his body of losing so much weight i mean he really transformed and this is a diff- different you know take on the character that we know from other actors playing it and i loved his speech very heartfelt and uh just really really great actor and well deserved for sure he was the best um actor in the category and uh Best performance of the year. Yeah, that was cool in his speech. He read that little line from his brother that his brother wrote a long time ago when he was 17. River. Yep. Yeah, that was yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, was talking about his, you know, famous brother back then, River Phoenix, older brother, and he died really yeah. young. So I thought that was awesome that he put that in the speech because you don't really see Joaquin talking about his family too often, especially his brother. Yeah, he's. you could tell, like, it's um, – it's definitely affected him over the years. He's kind of, he's, you know, an odd kind of guy. He's kind of quiet and shy and everything. So, and you can tell like during his speeches and stuff, he doesn't want the focus to be on him. He doesn't really acknowledge like, you know, playing the character and stuff. He talks about it a little bit, but he doesn't want the, he doesn't really want the spotlight, but uh, you know, regardless of that, he's still well-deserving and, one of the best actors that is acting today, for sure. Oh, yeah. No doubt about that. I can't wait to see, like, his career from here, like, what he's going to do in the next role. Probably something totally different, like he always does. He always switches, and he's like a chameleon. Chameleon, um, right? characters yep. are different. Yeah. So I'm like I'm really interested, Bale. too. Yeah, exactly, like Christian Bale. And like Christian Bale, he also uh, lost all that weight, and he can morph, you know, he – I heard that he was only eating, like, what did it say? He was eating one apple a day. I'm like, he had to lose all that weight. And he did what? it over. Really? Yeah. Yeah, that was his diet. He was, like, eating one apple. And, uh, yeah, he just lost all that weight. And people were commenting uh, in real life about how, like, skinny he was getting. Yeah, he really uh, put his mind to that role, and it helped him channel that deep, dark, place of that character the joker visual effects was 1917 i was surprised by that i thought avengers endgame would went for best visual effects that 1917 is amazing amazing movie just the way it was filmed and everything it's so realistic it feels like you're you know with these soldiers back in world war one and just really well done film other categories best film editing for vistas Ferrari. oh that's cool i didn't even realize that one that's cool it's one of the the uh awards that I was really excited for was Best Cinematography was Roger Deakins that won again. He won for Blade Runner 2049. He's done a bu- bunch of movies. He's like one of the best cinematographers in the business. I was 
really excited that he won for 1917. Absolutely. He always does a phenomenal job. Well-deserved there. Roger Deakins, highly sought after. He's going to be doing some awesome films coming up, too. I can't remember. There's so many films that I haven't seen. I need to, on my vacation coming up, I'm going to sit down and watch some of these films that I missed. Hope to catch that one, too, because I never watched it. Brad Pitt won. That was awesome. Yeah, I loved his speech. That was hilarious. He was saying he could ride on the coattail of Leo any day or something like that. <laughs> that was really cool. So you can tell they're, they're, yeah. they have a bromance. That's really great, and they're really phenomenal together in that movie. I was hoping that would have won more awards once upon a time, but it only got a few. But I was really excited Brad took one home. That was cool to see. He's been in Hollywood a long time, so uh, that's, that was cool. And that role is so cool for him, you know. Some people would say that it was like an easy role, but not really. Just he had to, yeah, he had to play the character that like sat in the, you know, that sort of sat in the background and let somebody else take the lead. And that's not easy, especially from a big high caliber actor like that, you know. With usually Hollywood people have their egos. Nobody's gonna want to play second fiddle to somebody. But uh, like he said, he he loves Leo, and they worked awesome together. That uh, duo is another one I look forward to seeing more films with those two in it in the future because, you know, they'll want to work together again. Whenever there's a big successful movie like that, they're going to want to do something else together. And I hope, hopefully, we get to see them in a Scorsese movie coming up or uh, even another Tarantino movie before he decides to call it quits. But you got to think Tarantino's going to want to keep going, especially after this movie, which is, you know, Everybody agrees it's one of his best. Hopefully he'll decide to keep going and keep making films, you know. He needs to keep making films. He doesn't have to worry about not being relevant. And, uh, yeah, I thought that, I thought once upon a time Holly was, was going to take home the screenplay from his screenplay from that. But uh, I guess that went to Parasite. Yeah, they won just a ton of awards. But uh, the other one yeah. uh, that once upon a time in Hollywood won for was uh, Best Production Design, which I absolutely agree with, the whole design. Of the oh, 1960s, yeah. it looked exactly like you would imagine it would look back then. Obviously, we didn't grow up in that time, but uh, I, I think they yeah. just did a really good job of, of setting up Hollywood back in the day. And I, I just felt like I felt like back in that time, you know, watching the movie, I felt like it was the 1960s. Really well done and well-deserved Oscar. Yeah, just how they how they recreated everything from that. Like they turned all that downtown L.A. area back and they made it look just like how it did back in that time. And all the clothes, all the cars, just the way it was filmed, it looked like a 70s, you know, late 60s, early 70s kind of film. So pretty much everything involved in it was spot on. All the nominations were deserved. I wouldn't have been mad if Leo would have won, but, I mean, there's too many people. If there can only be one winner, that's okay. The the nominees, in my opinion, are just as important as the winners. You had other films that were highly deserving and could have been best picture. You know, there's several of them. Irishman could be argued, 1917 from the sounds of it. So just because movie didn't win an award doesn't mean it wasn't any less awesome because the group of movies, yeah, this group of movies this year was really solid. Didn't yeah, Jojo well, Rabbit win for something too? That was another like indie. Yeah, best adapted screenplay. Okay. Heiko Okay. Best Adapted Screenplay they won for that. It's pretty fantastic. I haven't seen it, but I, I really want to check it out. There's so many fucking movies, so like, it's impossible <laughs> to watch all these. You know what I mean? I know. Like, yeah, it really is. Because you, you can't just watch it in the background like a TV show. you got to sit down there and pay attention. Actually pay attention. So, right. Yeah. It sucks because there's so many good movies this year, and I felt like I missed out on a lot of the good ones, too. I'm just not enough time in the day to watch, you know, 30 movies. Another uh, category I really 
really was excited about was the animated feature film. We both love Toy Story and Toy Story 4 won that award. So I was pretty excited about that. And Bodeman, I'm sure, is super excited about that, even though he doesn't know what the Oscars are. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, Toy Story 4! Yeah! <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. How can you not like the Toy Story films? They're all awesome. We grew up with them. I mean, the first one came out when we were kids. kids so. yeah. <laughs> you know, people fall in love with them over the years. And our kids now, they're watching Toy Story for the yeah. first time in Part 4, and now they're attached to it and love it. So it's like you're passing down the torch, kind of showing people the movies that we grew up on. It just goes to show you the power of Pixar and, you know, everybody involved in the, the making of Pixar and Steve Jobs putting his money into it and all the filmmakers, especially Toy Story. Toy Story is the OG, the first one. So it's always going to be the best. And it's pretty awesome that all these years later, there's another one and that won an Oscar. It's pretty cool. Um, you know, they could keep making those films as much as they want. I don't know. They said four is supposed to be the last one, but I feel like they said that with three, too. So I wouldn't be surprised if a couple of years down the line, Toy Story 5 is announced. As long as yep. uh, Tim Allen and Tom Hanks are around, they can keep keep making those movies and keep coming up with awesome scripts and bring it into a new generation. Yeah, absolutely, dude. You said it best. I'm really excited to see if they continue, you know, the series and make more movies. I'll be on board with it. One of the newer things that I saw was the first set picks from Matrix 4 with Keanu Reeves. Looks like he has really a, like long, yeah yeah. There's a couple pictures him. He was in it. Uh, Carrie Ann Moss was in another picture I saw. So yep, that's filming now with uh, Lena Wachowski. I think her name's Lena. That was the one. They used to be the Wachowski brothers, and the one got a sex change, and she is now Lena Wachowski. So Matrix Four, of course, the Matrix, the OG, 1997, I believe, original. I remember going to see that with my brother Jay. We saw the first one, and it was like cutting edge. Nobody had ever seen anything like it. The effects were top notch. Cutting, they had the best technology at the time. Um, two and three weren't as good as the first one, but still, you know, it had a huge following. Made a bunch of money at the box office. Keanu Reeves turned into a action star from those films so i'm interested to see where they take it from here matrix 4 they're hoping to build another trilogy off this and i think and it'll be interesting to see him back in this role looks like he had long hair and a beard in the set pick so we're probably going to see him, you know, several years down in the future and yeah he looks like his john wick character really <laughs> so apparently john wick 4 and matrix 4 are scheduled to be released on the same day so that's <laughs> kind of funny um, that they kind of look, the characters look similar, at least from the set pick that I saw. So, <laughs> well, John Wick's awesome franchise, just nonstop action, and a pure entertainment. Oh, and Matrix 4, I can't, like I said, can't wait to see where they go from here, you know. Uh, let's see if they introduce any brand new digital effects that we haven't seen before. Um, I'm pumped. Oh, yeah, dude. I'm so excited. I love the, you know, the trilogy, really. Obviously, the first one's the best. Part 2 was great. 3 was okay. Um, but I'm excited for them to revisit The Matrix all these years later and Keanu returning to John Wick as the boogeyman. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Here it all goes. Saturday, once they release the trailer, so we can kind of get a feel of what they're going for, the whole atmosphere, if it's kind of the same as the originals or kind of taking it in a new direction. But uh, that's some good movie news coming out, Matrix 4. We also got uh, 
word that uh, Knives Out 2, Lionsgate is putting that out. It's been greenlit, a sequel to Ryan Johnson's uh, murder mystery. We were talking about Knives Out earlier, uh, with production set to start soon. So I'm guessing if the production's starting soon, it'll be out next year sometime. I can't wait for that. I can't wait to watch the the first one this weekend. Looking forward to it. You've uh, talked about it's one of your favorites of the year. I have no doubts I'll like it. Love Daniel Craig. Here it's an awesome role. The cast is great. Um, from what I read about part two, it's going to feature mostly a new cast and probably a new location. So that's interesting. Um, so yeah, it is. We'll see where that goes. That's good vindication for Ryan Johnson. He took a lot of heat for The Last Jedi. You know, honestly, I think Disney has a lot of control over that franchise. So he, all his ideas, you know, probably he had some ideas that he probably wanted to do and Disney, you know, they were like, no, we want to, we want to done this way. You know, they have to. Please the investors, yada, yada. you got to make it more family-friendly. So you can only have so much creative freedom when you're taking on a franchise like Star Wars, you know. And just looking at him, he bounced back with Knives Out, and it's uh, the whole Star Wars thing with the directors kind of is probably kind of scary for these uh, directors because I've read that Taika Waititi has been approached to do a film, and he's already, like, commented saying, you know, I'm not – I never said I was involved in this. I've watched the films. That's about that's about it. So there's probably a little apprehension, <laughs> you know, with the backlash from fans and the underperformance and sort of like how they've released too many films too close. They're trying to milk the franchise. They need to get it right. They need to get the stories polished, and they they need to let directors like have creative freedom on these. Otherwise, they're just going to be the same same thing over and over. It's, yeah, it's studio interference that ruins half the fucking movie. Not even Star Wars, just a lot of movies, big budget movies. Yeah. Too much interference and it takes away from the creative direction of the director and Star Wars yeah. is a key example and that's that's a job I don't want. Like, hey Logan, do you want to direct <laughs> Star Wars? I'll be like, fuck no. Hell no. I'm like, yeah. million, I still wouldn't do it because I'm gonna have death threats and people fucking harassing me and all the fanboys. Yeah. Like, it's not even worth <clears> it, man. It'd be it'd be too intense for sure. <laughs> Which is cool for John Favreau because, you know, the whole Mandalorian thing could have blew up in his face, but he uh, turned it into something successful that people are looking forward to. At least for this first season, we'll see where it goes with the second season, and they're going to have to expand upon the the whole Baby Yoda thing and, you know, make it more than just a one-trick one kind of thing, you know, where everybody was really into it because of Baby Yoda. They're going to have to have, you know, stories that deviate from that because the show's called The Mandalorian. It isn't called The Baby Yoda, so, of course, we're <laughs> probably going to get a spin- We're probably going to get a spinoff show from Baby Yoda knowing Disney because they're going to want to milk that. So let's just hope that they come to their senses and, let, like I said, let the filmmakers and everything get more decisions into it. And Not everything has to tie together perfectly. Just let these people be creative, work within the universe, and we don't need trilogies. Let's get some standalone good ones. Anyways, that was a whole tangent on Star Wars, and really I was talking about Ryan Johnson. Good on him to make his own franchise and to come out successful and uh, put the whole Star Wars last Jedi thing behind them. Matthew Fulham. Yep. Move on to the next. Move on to being creative and writing good stories of great characters, which he did with Knives Out. And can't wait for the sequel. I can't wait for you to check it out finally. And, you know, other listeners that may have not seen it but have heard about it, definitely check it out. Support this film. It's being released at the end of the month on Blu-ray 4K and digital. So definitely check that out. And you'll hopefully love it as much as we do. Will it be on DVD sport? It'll be on VHS at your local video store. So go enjoy and be kind and rewind.
I better head on. I better hop in the car and head on over to Bungers now. Other movie movie news trailers. They just released the brand new trailer for the Big Lebowski spinoff, The Jesus Rolls, starring John Turturro <laughs> as himself. Jesus, nobody fucks with the Jesus. <laughs> Looks this film's already out. This film's already out on torrent sites, from what I've been reading. Is it? doesn't surprise me. Somebody got a screener of it or something. <laughs> Somebody shared it along the way. The Jesus Rolls. Yeah, John Turturro's always awesome. That role is good from Le- Big Lebowski. I'll probably end up checking yeah. out. Not really highly anticipated or anything. I'm not expecting anything great. It's not going to be – it's not a Coen Brothers film, so you're not going to get anything yeah. great. But it'll be cool to see that character. Hopefully it's something – that's entertaining at least and see here that's being released on february 28th so yeah it makes sense if it's on torrent sites probably because it comes out in a few weeks i think it has a i think it's probably one of the limited theatrical release and then it's going to go digital probably maybe even same day is what i'm guessing that's what a lot of films are doing now they're releasing simultaneously theaters and video on demand it's the world we live in now boys you can't make it to the theater to watch everything so they're figuring it out and making it available on streaming sites to rent or purchase on the same day. Lionsgate debuted the new teaser trailer for the Saw reboot, Spiral. Chris Rock. Chris Rock, yeah. Yeah, he's in it, Samuel L. Jackson, which is so weird, but um, the overall trailer looks okay. I'm just not really excited about Saw anymore. But the trailer looks unique, I guess. It looks dark and got some familiar shots from the original movie with the guy, uh, Kerry Ewell's, like, uh, sawing off his leg kind of look like what Chris Rock was doing in the trailer, um, but very surprising. It looks pretty good. It's You know, I'm not super excited about it or the Saw franchise anymore. I just got bored of it, but uh, that was definitely a surprising trailer drop. What do you think about that? Spirals. <laughs> yeah, I watched the trailer. The trailer was pretty well done. It looks like they are definitely trying something new. I think Chris Rock wrote it or co-wrote it, and it looks like it's going to be from his perspective of like the, the homicide detective, and he discovers these murders that look a lot like the murders that happened back when the whole Saw franchise started. So can't really tell too many plot details, but like you said, Chris Rock's in it. Samuel L. Jackson's there. We'll see what happens. Is old Jigsaw himself, the old man Tobin Bell, going to be back? Probably. Looks like the whole, yeah. spiral theme, the whole spiral theme is back. So we'll see how it ties into the original movies or if it's going to be more of a, a reboot. But, uh, yeah, I – can't say that I'm super excited. It's not like a really, you know, I was never really asking for another Saw film, but if it's good, then uh, yeah, I'm all for it. I'll watch it. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see when that comes out. That comes out May 15th. So we've got a few months before that's being released, so we'll see how the early reactions are. They may check it out. Um, another movie we both just checked out was Birds of Prey by Warner Brothers and the fantabulous emancipation of one, Harley Quinn, played by Margot Robbie. Uh, so what did you think about that sport? I was very o- underwhelmed by the film, and I thought uh, they went really <laughs> heavy on the on the cheese, like the villain sucked. I was really hopeful with Ewan McGregor playing the villain that it was going to be like a memorable one, but it was just over the top and very cartoony. It reminded me kind of, of like Gotham, the kind of same kind of campy campy stuff that we saw on that show it was just like not really believable a lot of the times i was making fun of just the action sequences because they're all over the top like they're one of the scenes takes place in like a fun house and they're all jumping on trampolines and the girls are beating yeah. up all the guys with guns and 
Harley Quinn like drive uh, makes a semi drive into a the acne plants and it blows up and they're like you know like bottle rocket shooting off for some reason after it explodes. I was just like, what? Yeah. Why are there fireworks going off? <laughs> but uh, I mean, <laughs> as far as uh, Margot Robbie, she's awesome in the role. I just really like to see her and like see that kind of craziness maybe in like the Joker universe or something where it's more darker maybe. I think it would be better to see it. This is real campy and I don't know. I just wasn't into it that much. It was just kind of meh for me. I didn't hate it. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Me and Molly went to see it Thursday night. We both gave it, what, a three out of five? About a C. Yeah. It's, you know, it's funny. It had some goofy scenes, yeah. some cool action scenes, but it's just you don't take it seriously. It's very cartoony. Um, yeah. Much like, you know, maybe some comics. It just wasn't dark at all. Margot Robbie was good. Just everybody else I did not like. I didn't even like Ewan McGregor. I thought his character was dumb. So I was yeah. definitely underwhelmed and – uh not impressed with it, and I gave it a three out of five. So I'm with you. A lot of the uh, audiences, too, it, it uh, got the top spot at the box office, but it underwhelmed. It made about $20 million less than they were projecting. Um, and I read that the movie studio, I guess that must be a Warner Brothers film, I guess they decided to retitle it following this weekend. They're calling it Harley Quinn, Birds of Prey now, instead of Birds of Prey, The Emancipation of Harley. Or the Fantabulous had the simpler title to begin with. Why are you changing it now? I guess they, I guess. What's the you know, point? They figured, yeah, it's like why it's going into the second week. It, a lot of the audience is going to drop off anyway. It's not going to have a strong word of mouth. Uh, it's not one of those films that are, you watch it the first time. You're like, wow, you need to go see this multiple times. It's, it's a one and done. It's not one of the better comic book films. Um, like I said, just meh, just see. On to the next, on to the next Shazam or whatever next DC film is. I don't even know. I'd have to look. But uh, they had, uh, obviously, with the Joker, they're going to have to reconfigure their comic book movies, and they're going to want to tie it into Joaquin Phoenix, obviously. So, of course, oh, yeah. we have the Batman coming out next summer. I guess that's going to be the biggest one. I think Aquaman 2 might come out before that, but it's another one of those films that I wasn't really impressed with that much either. So Only if you enjoyed like Man of Steel, Wonder Woman, uh, Shazam. I like that a lot. Um but yeah, the next yeah. definitely gonna gonna be Matt Reeves as the Batman. I'm really stoked for that. Can't wait to see Robert Pattinson, the, the entire cast, you know, playing the Penguin and other villains in the movie should be pretty good. But we'll have to wait and see until next year. Yeah, I can't wait. It'll be a whole new vision for Batman. It's gonna be more about the detective side of Batman. Great cast has been assembled. I can't wait to see Robert Pattinson. I mean, he just he's been killing it. Everybody, uh, well, people that don't watch independent films probably don't know, but he's been in some awesome films and put in some really strong performances. The Lighthouse, the last one, that was a really awesome movie. He did a great job in that role. Him and Willem Dafoe uh, really played off each other. That was awesome. So I'm, I'm stoked to see. I can't wait to see his version of Bruce Wayne and see him in the bat suit and see how much, you know, muscle he's gained and all that um, for the role. And, yep, so Matt Reeves, the Batman. 2021, June 25th, I want to say. We'll probably have to go check that out together. Yeah, we should definitely plan on definitely plan on that. Either me coming to you or you coming this way. Yeah, we'll we'll have to do that. And off the whole uh, off the whole Robert Pattinson the Batman tie-in, I will say that I finally got around to seeing 
Uncut Gems, the Shafty Brothers' new film starring Adam Sandler. I thought it was awesome. It was a really good movie. Awesome. Uh, you know, I saw a good time with Robert Pattinson, the last Shafty Brothers film that came out. I believe that was the last one. Uh, Uncut Gems was great. Adam Sandler, probably his best role that he's done. He plays this really shady uh, jeweler who gets a hold of this new mineral, uh, I guess, new rock mineral in a mine in Ethiopia. And he shows it to Kevin Garnett, and Kevin Garnett, like, really wants it. And he takes it home one day. Howard, who is Adam Sandler's character, lets him get this rock, and he has, like, a really good game that night. So, like, he wants to hold on to this rock, and it's like a back and forth between them two. Adam Sandler's a real shady character. He always owes everybody money. He's always, like, trying the new scheme. He's married to uh, Adina Menzel is the plays his wife in the film, but he's, like, banging a couple girls on the side. He's, like, really shady. He's always getting beat up by these guys that are coming to collect money from some other score that he botched. Um, so it's real gritty. The ending is the ending was crazy, too. I wasn't expecting the ending of uh, the film. Yeah, what did you think? Did you like it, too? Did you dig it? Yeah, dude, I loved it. I loved it. It was, like, one of my favorites of the year. And I figured it wouldn't, you know, get nominated uh, at the Oscars, but I thought Adam Sandler – and, you know, really killed the role playing the scumbag sleazeball in New York. <laughs> and, uh, just the, the entire cast is actually really good. The new um, actress, Julia Fox, was good in it. The lady that played his wife, you know. Kevin Garnett, Lakeith Stanfield, is just a re- really great cast of people. Really high stakes, keeps you on the edge of your seat till the very end. And uh, just really well done. Uh, they're definitely becoming my new favorite directors, writers, for sure. And I can't wait to see what they do in the future. Yeah, their whole the way they film their movies is real tense, and they use like uh, it reminds me of the same like color palette almost as like uh, Nicholas Winding Refn kind of uses in his films, kind of that gritty, yeah. like almost you know they had some neon in it, uh, really like dark and uh, grimy look to their movies, which makes them more believable, especially with their with that uncut gems and good times those films were about criminals yeah. and uh that's how it was kind of filmed yeah they use a lot of purples and reds and like blues that yeah sure give that you know feel that vibe one show i've been watching recently i'm almost finished with is lock and key i've been talking this show up because i love the graphic novel series the show has been pretty good for the most part i have one episode left i'm going to watch tonight i'll be shooting my review tomorrow and hopefully posting that tomorrow the first season it's 10 episodes long on netflix um, the first four episodes were kind of hit or miss. The first two were okay, and then three and four just kind of lost me and aimed at teenagers, which is not like the comics at all because they're super dark. Um, but uh, towards the end yeah. of the season, it's gotten a lot better, so I'm glad I didn't give up give up on the show, and it's really good, and can't wait to see what they do in the final episode. And Lock and key, so it sounds like it's pretty solid. Is it, It's faithful to Joe Hill's uh, series then, you'd say, overall? Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, the best they can do from adapting it from a comic, you know, they're going to miss yeah. leave out certain parts. Otherwise, they'll be 30 hours long. Um, but, yeah, it stays pretty true to the comics. There's some characters in the show that I'm not familiar with or I just, I guess, don't remember them mm-hmm. from the comics, so maybe they added them. Um, yeah. Some of the actors aren't, aren't great because they're younger teenagers. But, overall, it's been pretty solid. Uh, when you start watching it, just make it through a few of the slower burn ones, and then I'll get a lot better. And since you haven't read the comic, it'll be good to you, you know, because you don't yeah. really know the source material, but you can pretty much get what's going on. And I don't want to give too much away. It's definitely a great show. Um, 
really cool production design, set design of this house, the key house. It's in Massachusetts. It looks like the haunting of Hill House, kind of, um, this house they live in, uh, the Locke family. And just, it's really spooky looking, and it's a really cool premise. And I can't wait to check it out. Yeah, I really don't know anything about it, so it's all going to be new to me. I look forward to binging it. Was Tom Savini in it? I heard he was showed up. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, they have a group of the Savinis. They're basically making this horror movie. The main characters in the show should become a member of this group, and Tom Savini has a small cameo in it, which is pretty cool. I like that. It's probably one of my favorite episodes with him in it. Other news they released, uh, they're doing a Turner and Hooch TV show for Disney+. Plus. <laughs> I don't know why we need a Turner, Turner and Hooch uh, TV show, 12-hour long <laughs> episodes on Disney+, Plus, starring Josh Peck as the Tom Hanks character. Um, but that was announced today, so if you guys are fans of that, uh, check it out. There's probably being released next year. They also were talking about um, releasing the new Mighty Ducks show on Disney+, Plus, which I'm pretty excited for. That's in production right now, I believe, in Canada. So I think that's being released later this year on Disney+. Plus. But uh, we'll post more news about that once we get some news. They haven't released much about it yet. Pretty much that Emilio's coming back as Gordon Bombay. That's the only news that we've gotten. Yeah. And then <laughs> Goldberg, what about him? <laughs> Well, let's just say Goldberg's going to die pretty soon if he doesn't get help quick and doesn't. Yeah, he looks terrible. <clears throat> he's about my age, and he looks like he's 75 from math. Yeah, from math. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, from the inside yeah. out, it just looks terrible. Not good. Yeah. really gets clean and back, back on track because keep doing that. He's going to be an early grave, you know, because that stuff is not good, yeah. and it will kill you. So that was episode 60 of the Cinefellas podcast. Logan and I had a great time talking about – the Oscars, we talked about some of the news around the past couple weeks. Um, coming up, we've got a lot of great content on the way. I have an interview with the director of a film called Waiting for Anya coming out. The director's name is Ben Cookson, so that was pretty cool to get to talk to him. Uh, there'll be more giveaways to come, especially since we gotta, we're rapidly approaching March. There's going to be some uh, films that we're going to have the digital codes available for you guys to win, so we look forward to doing some more giveaways. Uh, what what do you got on the way, Logan? Oh, ton of videos as always. I already shot a few. The Outsider episode five and six. Uh, more movies coming out. A few TV shows, like I say, in Lock and Key. I'm going to be doing a review of that. Um, I want to do a few more retro reviews of some horror flicks I watched from the '80s. So a lot of videos coming. Just a matter of editing them and getting them up on our YouTube channel. But stay tuned for. For all that great content on YouTube, we'll be posting a lot of videos in the next few weeks. Cinefella Studios is alive and rocking. A lot of good content coming. Um, I have an upcoming interview, possibly, with uh, <clears throat> the two that are have been mentioned, are Billy Zane and Dr. Drew Penske from a movie coming out called The Final Final Shot, or is it Final Kill? You just, we just Final Kill. The poster. Final Kill. Uh, so from that movie. There's going to be some interviews available, so I'm hoping to be able to chat with one if, or if not both of those gentlemen, which will be cool. Dr. Drew, I mean, I, everybody's pretty much grown up watching him in one form or the other, whether it was Love Lion or Celebrity Rehab. So that's pretty yep. cool. Um, I looked into his background for some, you know, some questions to ask him. Uh, there's a couple similarities as far as his schooling and uh, when he started out, so that'll be cool to chat with them hopefully i'll get the opportunity and then billy zane 
Blazane, of course, his first film was Back to the Future, and he's been in a lot of big films along the years. He's getting older now. He does a lot of, uh, you know, action movies and things like that. So it'd be cool to talk to him too. So I'm hoping to have that on the way and uh, waiting for Anya Q&A should be posted pretty soon up on the website. So keep your eyes peeled for that. I uh, was supposed to be able to chat with him on the phone, but they kept changing the schedules and it just didn't line up. So I ended up doing a, like an email back and forth with them. So, but it's still get still cool to get to chat with him. Excellent, man. Yeah, lots of great content. A lot of great stuff coming from Henry Harvey and Howie Hill, the triplets. <laughs> and I got some more. I got two interviews lined up. Uh, I'm not going to say too much about that, but more interviews with some actors and directors and things like that. And we're going to be shooting a Q&A podcast with the Cinefellas boys whenever we can get it scheduled. We've been talking about it for like two months. It doesn't matter scheduling. It's we're available, and then somebody else is not. So we'll yeah. get to it eventually. It's going to be fun. We're getting the Cinefellow boys answering some questions, some juicy questions. Uh, just a matter of getting Henry and myself, Kevin, and uh, Niall on a call together. So we've got to get all those that. time zones lined up. Yeah, all different time zones. So we just got to get that lined up, and we'll shoot that. So look forward to that in the near future. This is Logan <laughs> Myers and Henry Hill signing out from Cinefellas. Until the next podcast. Cheers! Cheers! Love those wild boys.